Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Is it you, though? Maybe, well, possibly. I'll turn it down a bit. I can hear myself coming out of your headphones, so... Yeah. Okay, how about that? Yeah. All right. You tell me. We're recording now. Is... <laughs> Are we testing or what? Is no, this good? I think we're good now. Sorry. Okay. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you, I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man. Do I miss you? Alrighty, and we're off to the races with no issues before this. How you going, Lonnie? I'm good, Dylan. How you doing? Yeah, good. Not going through technical issues at all. No, we sound great. Anyway, oh, that's good for once. Anyway, what's the podcast normally about, mate? This is the I Miss You Man podcast. Tell everyone why we're here. We're here, Dylan, because you had a dream. Mm. You and I had a podcast called I Miss You Man, and that dream metamorphosized into a podcast where you and I go on a journey through life, pop culture, and everything in between. Absolutely. But this particular series is our mega series where we do a deep dive into the filmography of one of our favourite actors, Christina Ricci. Oy, oy, oy. It's, it's like oy, oy, your oy. original dream metamorphosized into an actual podcast and then that podcast then metamorphosized into a little mega yeah, it, series. It birthed another side podcast of the Christina Chronicles. Oh, yeah. Was it a good idea? Yeah, I'm 50-50 on it at the moment so far. But <laughs> well, you know what? We're committed. Dylan, it's it's our coming of age this week. Number 21. No vacancy. Ooh, our, t- our 21st. Never forget your 21st, do you? We are, we are men now, and Christina is a woman in her philosophy. She is. She is. And we are in the beautiful, amazing year of 1999. Yeah, it took us a while to get through 98. <laughs> 27, but we got there eventually. She's she's a busy woman in 98, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, today we're looking at uh, No Vacancy. Not a film I'd heard of right? before this. No, and uh, we'll get into it, but I don't think anyone's heard of it since it's come out, and probably not even at the time really that much either. It didn't cross Roger Ebert's path. And he's kind of our, Which, our normally our go-to, isn't he? Well, it's not much he, he misses, to be honest, so I'm, I'm surprised. But we'll get into it further. Anyway, why don't you give us a plot summary of uh, No Vacancy, Warning? Okay, so here's what Todd McCarthy, the reviewer for Variety, said. He said, No Vacancy is pretty vacant. A contrived and aggressive comedy about a bunch of lowlifes who inhabit a fringe LA motel. Pretty much sums it up. We're in a hotel. Um, yeah. Various storylines are intersecting and merging and then leaving each other again. Uh, yeah. And it's it's a down and out hotel and it's motel. And it's kind of awkwardly not very funny, not very sexy and not very good. 
Well, I was going to ask you what you think, but uh, you seem to agree with old Todd from Variety, don't you? You know, you weren't too unimpressed with it, were you? Well, I was impressed with Christina Ricci and Timothy Oliphant and their chemistry and their story. Carried it. Yeah, pretty good. Every time they went on screen, I was like, what the hell's going on here? Um, okay. So as, as, as you said, Dylan, people probably don't know much about this, probably haven't seen it. I'd be surprised if there's too many you know, vacancy heads out there who've come across <laughs> this podcast and want us to talk all about it. Um, so I'll just go through some of the storylines. Um, we'll try to work them out, right? Okay, let's try and work out what's going on here. All right, sounds good. Um so Christina Ritchie and Timothy Oliphant, she is about 21 years old. She thinks she's she's on a weird sort of trajectory in her life. She wakes up to a stranger in her bed being Timothy Oliphant. Mm. It's a kind of interesting starting off point, I suppose, for a storyline. I guess what's weird to me is that she doesn't realise that he's not her fiancé, who she thinks should be in bed with her. Until she like gets to his pants and under his pants, did you notice that? Yeah, so she grabs his penis. Yeah, she's having a kiss, she's having a cuddle, and doesn't realize it's a totally different man. <laughs> and when we meet the the guy later on, who she thinks it should have been to begin with, not a match to Timothy Oliphant in his prime. Not remotely similar. Got a beard, definitely uh, a bit chunkier than Timothy Oliphant right. for sure. I guess she was half awake, but still, um, <laughs> sure. Anyway, so he's ended up in the wrong room, and and she's and she's in the right room, but I guess you could say, and he's a little bit older than her, but not too much older, and they sort of basically fall in love, I suppose, over the course of their day, getting to know each other. Mm. It's not, true love if I've ever seen it, Lonnie. Yeah, it's not like totally well drawn, but it's kind of like we know these two actors; they're so good and they're so charming that you can't they can get away with it. Yeah, they make it work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, down the hall, they've got um, two loser guys who have... <laughs> Rude. Rude. They, they've hired some sex workers who they've woken up with. Um, yep. And basically, they, they've stiffed the sex workers. They haven't paid them enough. And so there's this threat mm. that they're going to come back with their pimp later on to... Um, Mr. Tangerine. Mr. Tangerine, which is a great name, I should say. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, these guys are just drugged out losers, basically. And they quickly go from the sex workers into just this other woman's room in the motel and she's like a, a crazy like doomsday prepper almost who's obsessed with beauty products didn't really get a good handle on her to be honest you got the most confused look on your face when you're describing <laughs> this woman's story well, and she, i have to agree it is bizarre it is very i don't bizarre. know what she was about no and she like believes that the um the hollywood and the media have been interjecting messages about the end of the world soon in their message in their movies and stuff I'm like okay i don't really understand it but whatever and also the movie opened basically with her waxing her crotch oh yeah i forgot about that yeah that's, that's how it begins <laughs> how could you forget lottie <laughs> a lot happens in this not film. many not not many movies open with a Brazilian waxing and Christina Ritchie grabbing Timothy Oliphant's hungover cock. That's funny. I mean, it's the probably only one. Now I think about it. <laughs> I would say so. I'd be willing to bet that. Uh, so they're, they're kind of another one of the main storylines. Um, mm. The other sort of chief storyline is 
the owner of the hotel, which hotel motel seems to be like attached to a diner as well, I guess. Sure. Why not? It's LA. Um, <laughs> so he's a Hispanic. He's a Hispanic guy. He's the father to Is a he? daughter. I thought he was Russian. Well, I think in real life he's like from Portugal or something like that. So I don't even know. Anyway. We're all over the place. <laughs> can't really get a good handle on him. Anyway, he's he's very traditional. He's upset that his daughter has started to have sex and has got a boyfriend, and the boyfriend's white or American, so that's uh, not on. It was just like the most cliched sort of bullshit thing I've ever seen, to be honest. <laughs> Rough. Anyway, that's all right. Like, I'm not the sort of guy who like goes on my phone when I'm watching stuff. Like, well, when they turned up, I was like, what's going on here? Let me know when they're when Christina's back. You know? No, no, you didn't. You didn't give no vacancy nineteen ninety nine your full attention, <laughs> your full and undivided attention. How dare you? I mean, it only goes for eighty four minutes, so I really should have. But for some, sometimes I just, I wandered. Definitely in felt my mind. It felt longer, didn't it? It did. Um. So her, she's around. She wants to like live her life and be free. He's like, no, you're my daughter and stuff. And she's way too old to be having this conversation. She's like twenty five. You know, it's just not on. <laughs> and she's got a boyfriend who's hanging around as well. Who's yeah. Ends up kind of mates with the dad and stuff. So that was kind of mm. interesting wrinkle to that story. But I was kind of a bit bored by the time that actually happened. Uh, there were a few other little storylines sort of going on in the background or, or like just sort of dipping in and out of. There's a guy who's paying a woman to be a mermaid in one of the rooms. And sing Itsy Bitsy Spider over and over again. Yeah, not on. <laughs> oh, really? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you, shaming, Lonnie. I'll, no, well, I'll tell you now, Dylan, there's some stuff that goes on this film that I don't condone, all right? And that's one of them. Okay. Well, actually, you're right. I don't really care either way. But, well, I feel sorry for her. She didn't seem like she was enjoying it, so. Oh, now. she didn't seem like she was hating it, though. Just seemed like another day on the job, really. Maybe it did part of it for her, yeah. Um, There's a guy playing the violin, really annoyingly. Look, honestly, dude, you don't don't walk into a little motel with thin walls and then practice violin nonstop and then get married and people are upset about that. A bit dodgy thing and to then do. He, yeah, and then when he's not playing the violin, he like listens to classical music. Yeah. Like really loud. Yeah, not at all. Um, and then in the diner, there are some ladies playing chess. They don't seem to do much apart from being a background couple of scenes. Um, so, like... There's potential in this sort of storyline, this idea of, you know, we'll go we'll look at some people on the off the beaten track who are kind of trying to make it in LA, you know, and, you know, we'll set it over a confined period of time in a confined space. Um, it just didn't work. It just was not tonally consistent and the characters weren't particularly interesting like, uh, we, you and I both like a movie where we just sort of hang out with people and experience their lives for a bit. I was on cigarettes? Exactly, yeah. The straight example back from last Chronicles entry. This one, it was just a bit all over the place. What do you reckon? Well, it just seemed like everyone was quirky for, for no reason. Like, it didn't add anything mm -hmm. to the plot. And not only that, especially at the start, it was cutting back and forth between everyone in like minute and a half chunks. Yeah. It's just incredibly disorienting and difficult to follow. It For really me, anyway. I, I, I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed, Lonnie. <laughs> I think Hold you are. I think you're pretty sharp. 
Can't um, get on you. No, you're right because it, it really did feel like it was just breakneck speed there for a bit. But with that much point, it just sort of seemed like like it wasn't like every scene was adding on to the previous one. It sometimes felt like it was the same scene almost, or just repeating or going around in circles a bit. It yeah, this just didn't really work, did it? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Did you find any of the stories other than Timothy and Christina mildly interesting, or you hated everything? I wasn't particularly into them. Like I, I disliked the the father and daughter one. The two <laughs> loser guys. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that's maybe some potential there. I actually thought it was more interesting when they were interacting with the sex workers. After that, they just sort of ran around trying to steal money and stuff, which wasn't particularly <laughs> compelling. I didn't think. Um, yeah, just annoying the other guests. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and the the lady with the the beauty treatment and the the waxing and whatever, she's interesting enough, but it kind of got drowned out. It was almost too many and not enough. You know what I mean? Um, I I would have just cut it to be about Christina and Timothy Olfant and drag it out some more. It felt very shallow, yeah. given it was only over a short period of time. But also, they don't do anything. They don't go anywhere. It's like. Just go leave the hotel. Like, I get the idea is it's all set at the motel. But at a certain point, I was like, it's almost like they're inventing reasons for them to stay here all day in their motel yeah. room. Like, like sure. Christina, she breaks the, the um door handle so she can't open it and she can't get through the door, the window, that sort of thing. It just felt a very much contrived. Fair point, fair point. Well, we both like Timothy and Christina. Hmm. I thought they had good t- chemistry. Hmm. So let's stay on them for a bit. All right. How do you feel about Timothy Oliphant as an actor in general? In general, I like him. I like him a lot. He probably hasn't hit the heights that he might have, you know, given his his, his talent and his looks. Um, that he said, seems like the kind of well, he seems like the kind of guy that's you know is is a very straight arrow, let's say, mm. and tells things like they are based on some of his interviews. Yes. that might be. Doesn't play the, play the game. Some Hollywood projects. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really love Justified. Have you seen any Justified? No. No, I haven't. It's one of Should my dad's favourite shows. Yeah, it's it's really good. Oh um, It's one of those ones, I think, like I've seen like the first five and I think there might have been one more season I sort of missed out on. So I have to go back and find it at some point. But yeah, he's playing a, a US Marshal and it's a sort of neo-Western and he's got a big cowboy hat and he's just he's just great. Good stuff. Fair enough. Well, I liked him in The Mandalorian, and I liked him in uh, The Girl Next Door a lot. Okay. Yeah, he's one of those guys, he's been around for a long time, but he's he's still somewhat underrated and under the radar, in a a way, you know what I mean? You know what, I feel like he's kind of like the American Hugh Grant. Oh, yeah. In In the fact that his whole career, he's basically played the same character in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But seems perfectly content doing that. Yeah. Which is good. You know, he plays the kind of cool, quirky heartthrob well. He, he definitely does. And I think yeah. he has branched out in other things, but they just never made a mark. <laughs> no. <laughs> but good on him, I reckon. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, his Christina's scenes were the best. Probably the best scene in the movie, I think. Well, one of them. Mm. So they talk about feeling really old. Yeah, and like 27, 21. <laughs> yeah, that was really nice, actually. And 
it's that thing where like obviously she is a bit naive about the world because she's so young but he's a little bit much older and he thinks he's got it all worked out when actually he's just as naive he's telling her (laughs) you know i'm 28 or 27 and it's actually one of only when you turn 30 that things go bad and she's like oh yeah definitely that's that's actually really true (laughs) yeah it was good stuff yeah i liked that it could have more of them wouldn't it just a rom-com about them together i'd take that would have loved that Mm-hmm. I also like the end scene where they have sex on top of a fridge, leading to a conversation they have earlier in the film. That was good, good ending. Good stuff. It, it was like one of the only points in the film where it didn't hit you over the head with what it's going for. You know, you had to think no. back to the earlier bit where they mentioned this. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, just you know, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Timothy Elephant is very attractive in this film. Sure. And like he still is. How attractive was? He's well. He's he's still attractive now. Don't get me wrong, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) break me off a piece of that nineteen ninety nine Timothy Oliphant. I hear you. I hear you. You get me. You get me. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Um, one thing that I want to get into with you, Dylan, in terms sure. of the Chronicles as a whole given we're doing this look back on her and Christina's uh, filmography, I noticed there's a bit of a theme in these last five or six movies um, where she's doing ensemble pieces a fair bit. Now, I'll, yeah, you're right. I'll go back to what we've got here in... Well, definitely, obviously, before this, 200 Cigarettes. Exactly. Desert Blue was, was pretty much an ensemble piece, like all the kids hanging around in the desert together. Sure. Okay, yeah. I um, woke up early the day I died. Definitely is one. She's one of them. Um, yeah. And then, well, I guess in Pekka is kind of that, in a way, like the whole town, you know, in Baltimore. Yeah, kind of. Small soldiers, she just had played a voice role, so it doesn't really count. Um, Fear and Loathing, she, again, she was more of a, almost a cameo, really, wasn't she? Cameo County, we said. Yeah. Um, yeah, mate. And then Buffalo 66, no, she's kind of the co-lead of that or, you know, Support to the lead of Buffalo C6. But then, yeah, back to it a bit further. Ice Storm, you know, great ensemble piece. Definitely. Opposite I mean, of Adam's s- family, too. Exactly. Both Adam's families. Opposite of Sex is kind of the same. The larger cast, you know. So I yeah. think if you look back at them, most of the films, you know, she's part of an ensemble up to this point, which is kind of interesting. I would think this is totally just pop psychology on my part. <laughs> That's okay. But. Okay. When she's you know, starting out as a 
adult actor after being a child star. I was wondering if it's like, you know, be part of an ensemble, the film isn't writing or writing or dying based on your performance. If it's good, people are like, oh, it's a great film she's part of. If it's bad, it's like, well, she was still good, even if the film around her wasn't that bad and she was just one part of it. I think maybe it's like a it's kind of win. a safe sort of pathway into actual stardom. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think that's a, a great take, mate. It's it's good. She can't lose. Yeah. She's picked her films well. Yeah, and she has been great in pretty much everything we've seen so far. Yeah, she hasn't really been bad, no. No. Probably the worst she was was in Bear Mountain, but like everyone was bad in that. Yeah, that was, that was a bad kids movie. I didn't love her in 200 Cigarettes, but, you know, for her character, it was more a character I didn't respond to more than her performance. Yeah, used. it wasn't her. Yeah. Yeah, that was something looking back oh, at, and something we might not have realised if we hadn't done this series, you know? Well, let's keep an eye on it for the future, see if the thread keeps going, mate. Yeah, okay, I'm keen to do that. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, actually, like, the dialogue overall, not much right home about, but there were some good lines that I thought she sold. Um, all right. Can I take you through them? Absolutely. Because okay. I've got one I know, and I hope it's on the list, so okay. we'll see. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see, mate. Um, so, after a little bit of a, a tiff tat he goes back to sleep, and whatever, <laughs> they have a couple bit of an argument. Um, Timothy Oliver's about to leave the room, and Christina says, hey, why don't you leave me with a sense of closure? It's pretty fun. Sure. And, yeah, and yeah. a kind of, bit like a precocious, sort of naive thing to say when you're a bit younger. It's like, no, we've had this experience, and we're going to make it a thing, you know? <laughs> Yeah, okay. I like that about it. Um, Timothy Oliver asking her about her fiance, and she said, Do you love him? And and so he said, Do you love him? And she says, He's an expert car salesman. (laughs) What's he say? Like, great response. (laughs) Yeah, that was good. Um, Oh, yeah, I met the thing about, you know, she's 21 and. You know, she's, it's when she feels like she's stopped living and she's got to start surviving. And then he's like, it doesn't end until you're 30. That was good stuff, as you said. The last one I've got, I don't know if it's going to be on your list, maybe we've got another line I missed. Um, when her fiancé comes back and he's giving her a hard time about um, being mad, and he says, are you on your period? And she says, yeah, we're over, period. Like Wordplay. Word, it's silly, but she sells it really well, you know? As she does. As she does for one of my favourite lines, mm-hmm. when it's at the end, and they're about to have sex on the fridge, mm-hmm. how do we on top of this motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they had some magic there that they could have really extrapolated. You feel like you're really into the chemistry between them, mate. Yeah, mate. And I'm with you. You're with I'm me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um... So you didn't have any of the lines from the other characters. <laughs> Look, I wasn't really paying much attention to them, so. But. You're on your phone. <laughs> well, you know, there is a couple of points when they intersect with our dynamic duo, isn't mm. there? Mm-hmm. So, um, at some point, the boys, the like drug addict boys that owed the hookers money, they just get so desperate, and one of them just jumps out the room and just like yells for money, basically, <laughs> for help. Yeah. And then Timothy Oliphant goes in and just gives them a grand, is it? Yeah, it's his last thousand dollars, yeah. Yeah, um, and then they kidnap him for doing that. Yeah, so they they do have this spectre of Mister Tangerine coming back to to haunt them, I guess. But 
it's it's one of those things that just happens because this is a quirky film and quirky shit happens in this film. But that leads to an interesting scene, doesn't it, Dylan? Lonnie, the scene where one of them is interrogating Kim Hyofant, <laughs> I don't think I have ever seen a scene of such unhinged madness as I saw in that. He is just yelling. He's making <laughs> insane hand gestures at every word. He is asking just maddening questions. Yeah. He's saying he's going to bite his nose and then starts barking like a rabid dog. <laughs> Madness. We're going to link most of the scene in our show notes. Yes, we are. Because I did manage to find it on YouTube. Mm. Please give it a watch, people. Don't watch the whole movie. Just watch that scene because it is <laughs> insanity. Pure insanity. Yeah, they they could have leaned more into that if that was the, you know, the extent of the weirdness we could conjure up. It's sure. that could have been interesting over the whole film. It is it is very odd. It is a standout scene, and I don't mean standout as in good. I mean standout as in you recall <laughs> it. Sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then after that, Timothy Olyphant escapes, um, mm. and he like falls into the motel pool, and then it's just a. Just devolves into an explosion of all these half-back stories just colliding with each other at the yeah. end. And like, like they start to drown him, and yeah. they do. It's supposed Madness. to be a cartoon, isn't it? Like, and they actually yeah. have a cartoon playing in the background of the scene, I guess, to really emphasize that. Hammer, hammer yeah. that bloody yeah, point on exactly. Yeah. yeah, it 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 becomes a bit of yeah, hijinks and capers and stuff, and doesn't quite work. Yeah. The chicanery at the end. Yeah, and when like, when the Unneeded. small stuff between the between Timothy and, and Christina was stuff that we liked the most, you know? Yeah, the more intimate moments mm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, just head scratchingly bad film. Yeah, I, I it's the first film of this um Russian director. I'll just pull him up. Oh, okay. Let's pick the wrong Is he writer and director of it? Is that I right? believe so, yes. Um, right. Okay. Uh, Marius Vasberg, and so he had been f- studying apparently in the USA, and then mm. made this film. I'm not really sure how or why. <laughs> and then sure. he went back to Russia, and things look like he makes sort of big budget, very broad comedies, which aren't particularly well received critically in Russia, but get lots of audience members going through the gates. So. I'm not really sure if you know, I have to do some more research to work out sort of his equivalent to us, but um, to, or to the US world, I should say. Um, but yeah, it's sort of, I'm not sure how this film, he's got one film called <laughs> Hitler Goes Kaput. Okay. Maybe one day we'll, we'll, we'll visit that. Um, strange film. It's very unfocused and bizarre. Extremely. Yeah. Extremely. So, Final thoughts on this? Bad? Um, bad? Right? Pretty bad. Yeah. It's not good. Um, <laughs> there's a quote here from that I've got. Obviously, written, uh, as we said, Roger didn't review it, but there is an entry of no vacancy on uh, Letterboxd. Right. Okay. Um, the good quote. From Rossman, two stars. It's true. It's all over at 30. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Ayn uh, Garrity says, I will let Timothy Oliphant repair my refrigerator. And by that I mean I will let him 
start out my start out. So I'll let you <laughs> take all that. All right. Oh my god, this movie is like a bad trip. Sure. Sure. It's okay. interesting. Someone here called Squeaky Socks is doing a kind of similar journey to us, Dylan. They're doing okay. Christina Ritchie Marathon. Um and they did a bit of a bit of a longer review here, but I'm not a huge fan of it, to be honest. Okay, right, yeah. If How many just, professional reviews are there, Lonnie? The only one I could find was from Tom McCarthy, mentioned before. The variety one. He wasn't into it. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's one on, on Rotten Tomatoes that we saw. Yes, from, and it, uh, it piqued interested in it. Yeah, Walter of uh, Film Freak Central, I believe it was. Hmm. His review is, there's not much comedy in this sex comedy. Not much sex either. No. no. And I'm, I'm not the kinkiest guy, Dylan, but it could have gone a bit more sensual, couldn't, if you're going to go down that route. You, you, you wanted more sexual intercourse, Lonnie. Uh, you wanted penises in vaginas. I wouldn't say that. No. Okay. I, I think the personal relationship between Timothy and Christina was one of the highlights. No? Sure. Fair enough. Fair you enough. could have had more of it. Can I say this, though? Hmm. I don't think there's any other professional reviews out there than those couple we just touched on. No, it seems to have really flown under the radar, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, dare I say, I think this podcast we're doing right now might be the most in-depth review of this movie. It's it's possible. So I think we are the world experts <laughs> on No Vacancy 1999. Look, if, if you... Tear that up earlier, Dylan. I might have watched the whole thing properly and not spent half on my phone. <laughs> even feel... so, even with you half paying attention, we have gone more in depth on this than any other review on the internet. Most likely, yeah. And wow. it's like this movie never existed, Lonnie. Mm. There's no reviews, really, as we've already discussed. There's no trailer on YouTube. Yeah. There's hardly any clips other than that one that I one, find. Yeah, and there's wow. a couple of others. Yeah. No well, comments on them, either, really. And if you look up No Vacancy Film, there's, like, a recent film, some sort of Christian propaganda film from, like, last year or something with Dean Kane in it. <laughs> and that gets top billing over this one, you know? Well, definitely. A bit of recency bias, I guess. I suppose so, yeah. And it, I also looked in on eBay. Mm. One VHS for sale of this. <laughs> wow. And two two German import DVDs. Which, I mean, we have to buy it now, don't we? We're the experts. No. No, no, we don't need to. We don't need to. It's um, as we said a few times, it's never a good sign when the film is impossible to find online. Oh, it's definitely the hardest one. We were we were considering not doing it. That's we, how hard it was to find. We almost yeah dropped in something else, <laughs> and then we should have. In hindsight, no, it was no. Right. I I persevered, Lonnie. You did. I, tra- I tracked it down. Did a good job. Um, yeah, like, I don't mean to, like, I thought we'd hit the hit idea, you know, I thought we'd hit rock bottom. This isn't quite rock bottom, but it's almost like the worst crime is being boring, not bad, you know? Yeah, okay, mm. I can understand that, mm. yeah. Just like that darn cat, well, boring, there shitty. Was, there was a cat in this film, I was wondering if that was a little reference to <laughs> Christina's earlier... Yeah, yeah, that's that's how the movie ends. The cat just gets shocked. Sure. Yeah, just not funny, is it? 
personally. You don't condone boring movies, Lonnie. Well, give me something to of interest, you know? Get my eyeballs. Something to chew watching. on. Yeah. Not here. Well, I think we're potentially on to better pastures next time, though. Sleepy Hollow's coming right well, up, isn't it? Yeah, we're heading into the mainstream now. Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. We got some Johnny Depp. Got some Christina Ricci. Can't be bad. Sure. Oh, Tim Burton in his things. prime as well. At the height of his power, Tim mm. Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good. To um, as always, Christina did a good job, though. We should just clarify that. We, we do love her, and that's why we're doing this. And yeah, she rises to the challenge every time. And as, an, as a young actor, doing taking a punt on like a new film, a new script, like looks a bit quirky, a bit fun. Like She did a good job. Can't blame her. Yeah. She's doing her best, and uh, that's all that matters. I think we do have some sort of bad horror films coming up in the early 2000s, though. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a bit interesting, I don't, like ho- I don't like horror movies as a genre anyway, really, mm, okay. so that's going to be double struggle for your boy. Mm, interesting. Oh, well. Oh, well. Look, Dylan, every, anyway. every chapter of the Chronicles is one step closer to Speed Racer. To Hero. Ooh, I was going to say Hero <laughs> of Color City, mate. I mean that too, so... Hmm. I've already seen Speed Racer. I haven't seen Hero of Color City. It is so far. We'll, we'll obviously talk about this way more when we get to it, right? But in 98, we had like eight films. And then, you know, she she doesn't even do anything in 2007. Between 2010 and 2014, there's like four films. It's going to be a bit of a shock to us, isn't it? Going through a whole year with one film. Oh, yeah. We'll be smashing through time Yeah. at that point. I guess that's when she was having kids, being a mummy, you know? Yeah, you know. Slowing down a bit, yeah. Good on her. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Yeah. All right, shall we wrap her up? Yeah, that was No Vacancy 99. And we got Sleepy Hollow coming up next time. And guess what, Lonnie? What? I miss Christina. <laughs> I miss Christina too. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.